0: Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarnes and Ashton Ruby. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated.
1: once again, listeners, and thank you for joining us on the Retro Hangover podcast. As the title of this one might imply, this is part two of our discussion on Fantasy Star for the Sega Master System slash Mark III with Paul from the Region Free Gamers podcast. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one yet, I would highly recommend doing that because, well, you might be a little lost as we're kind of jumping in halfway through the rest of our conversation. There was a lot to cover, and so let's get back into it. So uh, I suppose transitioning a little bit from the the sound to sort of some of the gameplay elements, because I think there are some things we should probably touch on. I know there's some things that I noted that I wanted to bring up. Uh Because actually, I'm also just interested in in like Paul's point of view on this being Before you get
0: there, this game gave me PTSD. For what? Post-traumatic sound disorder.
1: Wow. (laughs) We went went a long way for that one. All right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you, Shane. This is your fault. Uh, yeah, I mean that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. um So yeah, so a couple of things I will point out that, uh, and this I imagine is probably even more egregious when you're playing this, like you know, o- OG raw dog. But um, man, okay, trapped chests are just like cruel. They're just fucking yeah. cruel because. You know, first of all, this is also partially my fault. OK, because and Chris knows this because I, I remember telling him this in Discord at some point when I was playing and I was just like, hey, uh, did you know that like Meow has a trap ability? And did you know that that means it'll disable traps? Because like I'm halfway through this game and I just figured that out. And so I had just been <laughs> like taking traps to the face the whole time and just hoping for the best. But even then, right, it's like still kind of this it, it is a trade-off which I think there's some value in that. It's sort of this like, you know, value proposition. But at the same time, if you're like two or three levels deep into a dungeon, you come across a chest and and you do end up having to make this decision of like, okay, do I do I want to open this because I'm risking the chance of getting an arrow to my face, which is not insignificant damage by the way. Huge or, damage yeah tr- tremendous damage the most damage actually sure and uh <laughs> and, um, and so it's like do i do that or do i play it safe and do i cast trap on this but then i'm burning mp that unless i totally fucked something up i don't believe there's any way to regenerate mp in this game outside of resting am i right on that correct mm-hmm. okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay.
1: So it is a finite resource. So if you are in like I said, 2-3 levels deep in a dungeon, you you are faced with a treasure chest and you're like, "Okay, what do I do?" And granted, like I said, I think that's a pretty cool like decision that you have to make as a player. Like you actually have to stop and think. But at the same time, it is just straight up mean that like a lot of those chests, like you will get to the end of a very long hallway and just open it up, and not only do you take an arrow Directly to the knee, to to the knee, and then you can't adventure anymore. But but (laughs) also the fucking chest is empty.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. That's her. That's 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 not fun.
0: Now, now to be fair, this is why why Meow is the best character, and I have created the cult of Meow because he does have the trap ability, and he also, for some reason, has uh. For most of the game, has like the highest attack and highest defense if you play your cards right, which is unfathomable. Looking that, looking at him, considering he's a fucking cat. But I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> yeah. he is, I mean, he, also considering he gets the least amount a, of like equipment upgrades too. He doesn't need them.
2: Yeah, very few. Yeah,
1: that's true. He's just got those claws. They're just he's built he's in. he's like a monk in Final
0: Fantasy. You just it just he just goes bananas with his levels up. It's it's great. But talking about that, I think we should just brief we should discuss uh plot and characters. So, mm-hmm. I think the plot, I'm going to be really be- brief with the plot. I was not impressed by the plot, but it's an 8-bit RPG, so I'm being very very forgiving. The seeds are there, but even when you compare it to what was about to come out when you look at Final Fantasy 2, for all its warts uh with Final Fantasy 2, and I don't think it's a very good game, it did have a decent plot. Fantasy Star 2 is it, it, there's there's a foundation there there's a structure there but the plot itself it, it's not very endearing it very much leans into the gameplay and get you from point a to point b and and uh to get to the end uh eventually i'm I'm not a big fan of this game's plot um anyone else to have any dissenters
1: because i would love to i hear mean it. I, I i felt like i was okay with it like it, it you're right it's i think pretty surface level for the most part but i think it did what it needed to do and I I was it was enough to drive me Uh to the next like dungeon in town or whatever I wasn't necessarily looking for some super like convoluted like uh, uh, earth crisis story or whatever
2: but Uh I don't know Paul what do you think no the the it's a product of its time very much you know it's very simple with that said you know it's kind of hard to beat a good revenge story right yeah that's that's what sets it up right off the bat Lassick's brother or Lassick, <laughs> Alice's brother dies and and Alice is like well I got to take care of this mm-hmm. and uh, and she and she gets on with it so you know it, it's it is bare bones but it's there and compared to what else was available at the time I would say it's fairly impressive it's, it's more cohesive than Final Fantasy yes and, and Dragon
0: Quest didn't really have a plot so, it, you could say that. Like, those were the only three real JRPGs at the time. Dragon Quest 2 didn't really have a plot, for what it's worth. I will say it outsquare Enixed or square Soft Square Soft because it had the bad guy and then it had the big bad guy. Ah, yes. And that was something that <laughs> Square Soft did all the time. Like, you're at the final boss. Oh, by the way, he, they're not really the final boss. This is the real impending evil. Well, why is he evil? Because we say so. Just just go fight because it. Because reasons. Do it.
1: <laughs> also, for the yeah. record, Dark Falls with a Z is like the most like corn limp biscuit ass like name for an enemy <laughs> I have ever heard <laughs> in my life.
2: <laughs> it's so. so unfortunate, man, because like with those 8-bit <laughs> games, you just can't get the same amount of you can't get the same amount of sound or I should say you can't get you can't get complex syllables like you can with Japanese characters. Yeah. So in Japanese characters, you've got dark force. And <laughs> in North okay. America, it's like, well, dark, how can we dark. make dark force into eight letters? Let's do dark falls with a Z. Dark falls.
0: <laughs> it's just they didn't get it. Can you imagine being a translator back then? I don't know how translations work back then. I need to look into this. But you are a you are a translator in in the mid to late 80s. And you're like, what is this Japanese word in katakana? I have no idea what this is. It says, dakufasu. Ah, must be dark false. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <that laughs> like, what? Right. I am error. Like, you're not looking at this. You're not checking it. You're like, I could make this better. But will I?
1: I'm not being paid enough
0: to do <sighs> Nah, this is cool, man. <laughs> nah. <laughs> we can do this. We can make it. Le- he's like, he, we can make him like an evil German or something. He's... It's, it's, it's good. Let's roll with it. What are are (laughs) you doing
1: though? Speaking, speaking of, speaking of dark falls, um, (laughs) with a Z, dark falls, dark falls, um, or with, with a Z for, I think everybody else outside of here. (laughs) Um, so I did not even realize this. I think probably just because they're so far spaced out in the actual game itself. But when I was going back and watching some like YouTube videos for this, Um, leading up to recording this today i came to this realization all of a sudden that um so you remember like right at the beginning of the game when you go to sleep and you have that like nightmare battle with a well it's spelled sacubus but i I assume they were supposed to mean (laughs) uh, midway through the game midway through the game okay well whatever point being you you have this battle where you're forced to lose more or less um Mm -hmm. and it's just this like floating face I did not put two and two together until today that that floating face is the same face of Dark Falls when you see him in his full form at the end of the game.
2: <laughs> Dude, it took me like 20 years after I played it <laughs> to make the connection. <laughs> okay, so it's not just me. All right. No, good. it's not. I feel better about that now.
0: <laughs> so dark, yeah. dark Falls Forest is a succubus.
1: Yes. No, a succubus. Saccubus? Saccubus. Yes, a, the it's, it's succubus? Succubus. It's the male succubus. Male version.
0: Yeah. <laughs> us the, the incubus succubus. That's it's right. It's the incubus that goes around and fires people in England. Do you do you sack up there in Canada, too?
2: <laughs> no, we don't sack people. We fire them. OK,
0: so it's the it's, they, it's as you he, should. He go, they go around and they fire people in England. That's that's dark dark forces secret power. There and what go. a power that would inspire fear, man. That would inspire <laughs> fear. That'd be terrible. That's why that guy. That's why it's in the mind of like the emperor of Paseo or king of whatever he is. Is he the king of like Matavia? What the fuck is he? He's like the mayor. He's like I don't a know,
2: mayor or some shit, emperor Governor. or something. Mayor, right? But yeah, this it's probably a story passed along from middle managers to all their staff. You yeah, know, you guys better behave, or else the Incusacubus <laughs> is coming.
0: It's gonna fire you. The legend <laughs> of the sacubus. Uh, I will crash the economy and be fine on my pillows of wealth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, so. So, okay. So there's also some things that I I still – I wanted to touch on because I feel like these are things that I that kind of irked me a little bit and I want to know if I'm alone or not, okay? You're always I alone, need, Shane. It's okay. Well, maybe it'll change this time. Okay. Uh, but so – okay. Let's talk about healing items for a second. This is something that bothered me a lot playing through this and that is – uh, not what they are because I think the fact that your healing items are the most American things in the world that they are cola and burgers is great yeah Um but functionally at a certain point in the game they are basically useless in that you never get any further healing items so like in other you know analogous RPGs typically you would get some sort of healing item that kind of like will scale with your party right like you start off with a healing potion and then as you start leveling up you start to get to towns where like you can buy like a super healing potion or whatever you don't get that at all in this game you get cola and burger
0: manager resources nerds
1: but that's (laughs) it though And, like, especially if you're playing this on, like, OG mode, I can only imagine that you basically had to fill your also limited inventory space, I might add, that is taken up by a bunch of critical plot items that if you drop, you fuck yourself for the rest of the game, I also might add. You just have to fill your inventory with, like, a bunch of burgers, I guess, like, because it takes a lot of healing, and because you can't regenerate MP in a dungeon either... Like, these healing items are basically just wastes of space.
0: So, so here, here's the deal. I, I agree and disagree with you because, yes, I do find if – uh what what's the – like the burgers.
1: Yeah.
0: I wouldn't call them entirely useless, but you do have to buy an obscene amount of them to fill your inventory. At the same point, that's part of your inventory management because I think you get three pages of inventory. So there are yeah. items that you can get that can replace other items you need to uh, – for general purpose reasons so like you have the torch if you get like the lamp or whatever it is then you don't need to get torches anymore that's no longer a consumable item so it sure. really comes down to is is resource management uh, managing your party's mp and how they heal because when you think of like meow for example meow is a is essentially your primary healer because right. he has the healing spell but you also have to think about traps so when you get later in the game you don't necessarily need to open up all the treasure chests because by that point you realize I don't need money and I don't necessarily need these stupid ass burger items. And if I'm going to get a really good item, a dragon's probably going to be defending it. So it kind of comes down to how the player adapts to their certain situation. And that's why burgers are a good backup. They're they're a supplement to a situation that you may run into if you don't know how to manage your MP correctly. And that's it's kind of a punishment. So I don't. Yes, I understand they suck as an item, but I understand why they are performing the function that they are.
1: Okay, but see, my issue with that, though, is like you're talking about – you're framing that as like – it's like, well, you just sucked at it and that's why they're bad or whatever, but – I mean, they, if I, and I could be totally wrong because this is off the top of my head, but I think they heal like 40 hit points or something. I think that's what burgers Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. And by the time you get to the end of the game, that's a drop in the bucket compared to what you could get Mm -hmm. from a healing spell from Meow, for example. But my, my point is, is that even on Sega Ages mode, like when I was two, three levels deep into a dungeon on reduced number of encounters... I was still getting to a point where in order to keep my party, you know, alive or at least reasonably healed, I was skirting the line of just running out of MP for for Meow or or Alice or what have you. And then so my backup for that is like these burgers, which basically do nothing in terms of HP and functionally just end up being a thing that takes up your inventory space instead. And Yeah, you get like three or four pages worth of inventory. But when you're getting closer to the end of the game like that, as I mentioned, you end up having a whole bunch of these plot items in your inventory that you are deathly afraid of dropping because you might totally screw yourself. And so you have an even further limited amount of space to even work with. And I I don't know. I just I feel like there should have been something. There should have been like a couple extra steps up for healing items to sort of be commensurate with where you were at later in the game that's just my opinion
2: there probably should have been but again it's a product of the era everybody's still kind of learning back then you know the fact sure. that you have items that are droppable <laughs> that are key items that you need to advance the game <laughs> mm-hmm. that 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 kind of thing doesn't happen anymore either with the burgers I mean what can I I don't know man I didn't really have too much of an issue I just kind of used the burgers first before using any MP and then I mm. usually had enough MP to kind of kind of keep the ball rolling the fact that you don't get something that's an improvement, like a happy meal. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I maybe that's product some placement opportunity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe they can, maybe they can do that when they uh, do the, uh, the remake of the game or something. They probably didn't
0: want to say Alice eats a Whopper.
2: <laughs> Very good. Whopper Wednesdays featuring Alice. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I do think we, we, we can't understate the importance of Alice. I think that is something, you know, we touched in the brief history. That is a I think a significant thing in video game history that I don't think is often talked enough about. This is a female protagonist in the mid 80s that at the time was largely a market and was advertised for males. This it's insane to think about that today.
1: It really is yeah no for sure and i mean like in a way right the the game itself kind of got just completely overshadowed in most cases by you know final fantasy or or dragon quest which is a shame first of all um Mm -hmm. but then also yeah that very important point about you know this sort of breakthrough um kind of also got lost in 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 that as well which is which is kind of a bummer, but no, I think you're absolutely right.
2: Yeah, I, they, I mean, unpopular opinion. Alice, to me, as far as consoles go, she's the first. I, I hear people referencing Samus a lot, and I'm like, mm. no, Samus was lazy. That was just a bonus <laughs> at the end of the game. For all intents and purposes, for years before we figured it out, Samus was a guy. The game, yeah. the game wasn't riding Other. on female Samus's back. Alice was Alice was the first and. You know, it's it's really a product of that game's development team having a significant, for the time, amount of women in key roles. It's mm. uh, it's really impressive that they did that. And you know what, man? Honestly, as a kid, I couldn't care less. I thought it was cool. I don't know.
0: But it's yeah. also something Sega did a lot. Because uh, uh, have you played the uh, the Ninja for the Sega Master System? Oh, wow. I have not. So there's a arcade. It's a part of an arcade game that was called like Princess Ninja or something like that. So in the arcade, it was a female protagonist. So you really think about it. Sega was doing things with with female protagonists in a very male dominated. And even to this day, I would say it's still male dominated in terms of like hard quote, hardcore gaming. But introducing female protagonists like that, that's a huge thing for a company to do especially when you look at the demographic especially for the time and you're absolutely right i wouldn't call sega like i wouldn't call a list the the first first because of course there's plenty there's probably plenty of examples before that i think you had like the gianna sisters that were trying to rip off i don't know when that came out uh they were trying to rip off uh, uh mario obviously but it was yeah. the first one anyone really tried to put any significant effort into without really trying to really cater to a certain demographic like they're saying this is a game this is your protagonist and it wasn't they weren't saying Alice is your protagonist she's a female it's a big deal it was Alice is your protagonist
1: and that was it period that was it yeah also I think it's important to note and I you guys can keep me honest on this one but from everything that I've seen this holds true but I think it's also important to note that like Alice is not only the protagonist but a protagonist that is just presented just as a person and not like basically a sex object. Like, I don't want to go too far into that whole mess, but like, yeah. let's be real. Right. Like most right. female characters in a lot of video games, I'm looking at you dead or alive beach volleyball. Like <laughs> is basically, really, you're going to go there. <laughs> I, I'm going, I'm going right That's there. I'm going to the king of jiggle physics. All right. <laughs> no but my point point being though is that like her her character design is very much just like yeah like she's uh she's a, a heroine like she's got she's badass like she is just a person and mm-hmm. i think that's important especially at that time
2: yeah i don't think there you, aren't I, any uh there aren't any overt explanations of her femininity so to speak mm-hmm. like there's nothing in there that kind of bludgeons you with the fact that she's a woman she's just a woman and that's it and she's getting revenge on you know for her brother
0: i don't think you would see really an equivalent to that until lightning in final fantasy 13
2: yeah i don't i don't think so either i mean look there's thousands of games made here i'm sure there's i'm sure there are more female protagonists like this of course but with that said this it was it was fairly it was pretty significant i don't like overstating things like that too much. But when I look back on it, mostly as a kid, I didn't care. I didn't really think too much of it. It was just Alice was Alice. And that was that. Um, Mm -hmm. But looking back on it now, yeah, it's pretty significant.
0: Oh, the fact that you said even Alice was Alice and that was it, that even makes it more significant.
2: I think so. I think so. It's a very, and I think this also just kind of speaks to the fact that it was women working on character design. Rieko Kodama is the one who did Alice's character design. And, you know, it. it's very sensible. It's, it feels like something a woman would design. Not that I would know, not being a woman, but if it's a guy designing a female character, I think you'd notice the difference. I, I can't bummer. even... <laughs> 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 but, like, I can't really put my finger on on why exactly I would have noticed the difference, but I would have. And this is actually significant throughout the entire game. The entire game has a, I don't want to say a feminine appeal to it what it has i think is a balanced appeal in its design it is it's Mm. very colorful it's very artistically sort of neutral the the you know the male characters aren't all big hulks and and so on you have odin you have noah they're very different from each other and you have this kind of togetherness that rieko kodama was really going for she wanted to make a game where you have all these different sexes and races working together towards a common goal, which, you know, just sounds more feminine than something that the guys would have been coming up with at the time.
0: Well, you even say Odin and uh, Rieko Kodama did not design Odin. She Correct. Uh, because Odin was supposed to be the, the big bulky kind of dumb warrior guy and she didn't like designing big bulky dudes. So Naoto Oshima was the one who designed Odin. And But even when you look at Noah, and when they were de- originally designing Noah, Noah was supposed to be androgynous. Like, the, there was no specific gender supposed to be assigned to, to Noah, which, again, is extremely progressive for the time. That's not something you would generally think of.
2: Yeah, wildly yeah. progressive.
0: And yeah, especially in the 1980s. Um, the, the character difference even between those, as uh, we, we put in the notes, like, I didn't – I find this fascinating. They're designed off uh, Raceland and Cameron from the Dragonlance series. In, in concept and so you have this big hulking brooding dude and he doesn't even seem like a big hulking brooding dude especially when you look at his statistics because everyone has a higher strength than he does expe- except for noah even the cat um <laughs> but um and then you have noah who's who's his counterpoint is it's is the very uh he's the mage very intelligent has high mp low hp low attack. And you're right. I mean that that lends credence to the character design that Rieko Kodama provided in in concurrence with Naoto Oshima, but you're right. It was definitely Rieko Kodama's show. And the the plot the plot writer, and I need to go back because I think she left she she didn't do much after Fantasy Star from
2: Wonderful. No, she um, she got married, uh, Chieko Aoki. Uh she yeah, was she, the one who uh who wrote the story and script and uh yeah. like many Japanese female game developers at the time, got married and that was it.
0: And that's when you say that it comes to that balance and you says it's, it's not overtly feminine. It's enough for pretty much anyone can sit down and play this game. It's it's not a like a very action packed kind of I, I I deal game that would be more driven towards the the male um, demographic. But at the same it's not point, God of war. It's not God of War. <laughs> but at the same time, you still get your um, you have a game that almost anyone can play. And that is yeah. And it's, it's progressive. And that is, again, uh, uh, like you said, with uh, like you said, Paul, don't want to overstate anything. But it's it's really oh, it's really easy to overstate how forward thinking socially this game was when it was released at the time it was.
1: Yes, man. All this talk about this now just makes me like want to use our platform that we have to like champion Alice as like a hero for 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 people, because like I feel like she's. She's like lost in a lot of ways to
2: to gaming history. And that's like a huge shame. It really is. It really is. I mean, thankfully, you know, we had Chun-Li come along a couple of years later and that really kind of pushed things forward. Um, But Alice definitely fell through the cracks. Yeah. And while
1: we're talking about things that this game, you know, kind of did before a lot of others uh, and something that I completely ignored (laughs) during my gameplay. Um, was the fact that you could actually talk your way out of some battles, which I thought was interesting in retrospect.
0: Yeah, that was actually pretty impressive. I don't know if you ever tried talking to the enemies, Paul. Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, with a a child with infinite time, sure. The uh, the, the talk (laughs) option is there, so I must have tried talking with almost anything that had anything resembling a human face, and most of the time it was just nonsense and gibberish, and it didn't really matter at all to the game. But the fact that that option was there, you know, not not to again to beat that dead horse, but, you know, you have a very balanced game where it's not just kill, kill, kill. I feel like perhaps the fact that there were a lot of women additionally designing this game might have helped with that.
0: I I also think that contributes. So I don't know what PC games really were like at the time. Maybe you could talk to your enemies back at PC games. I'm not sure. But in terms of console games, you really wouldn't see anything like that until... Um, the Shin Megami, uh, Shin Tensei games. Yes. And that was for the Super Nintendo. Yeah,
2: I yeah. think, I think that was on the Famicom as well. Uh, don't quote me. But with that said, the talking in those games, it wasn't just kind of talking for the sake of talking. It was to recruit demons, right? Right. So even, it, was,
0: it was way more advanced.
2: Yeah, it, it was, and it wasn't quite, it wasn't a replacement for fighting, I guess is what I'm getting at. It, it had its own kind of goal.
1: Mm -hmm. right yeah and i i mean obviously i'm not like the authoritative like source on all things pc game or anything but nothing comes to mind immediately um as far as the option to talk your way out of battles kind of in the same way that this game presented it um i mean more recently the only thing that i can think of and it's not necessarily pc centric but the only thing that i think kind of took this uh idea and just kind of ran with it uh, was undertale
2: yes
0: yeah now again For, you can't talk to everything like an undertale like no. you can't you can't talk to the dune sandworms on matavia or the jawas <laughs> that are ripped straight out of star wars uh, maybe you can't talk to the jawas can you talk to the jawas i know they're not called jawas but they're jawas
2: they're um, they're jawas and I, th- they're, I think the answer is no i man i can't quite remember i think maybe some of them you can some of them you can't man item to talk to him in the first
1: place like the only thing i i used it once in the entire game and the only time Mm -hmm. i did it was with uh i think the sphinx enemies yes um and i don't recall if there was like an actual game reason for why i did that specifically with them but i think that was the only time i did it and the rest of the time i just kind of ignored it but it, it still i think just needed to be said that it it is impressive that that was included as like kind of an alternative to just, you know, hacking your way through everything. Yeah. yeah. M-
0: most successful on the ice planet because you're actually fighting the native people of the planet while you traverse it. That's, yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Like, oh, here's a native out in the wild. Let's kill him. Like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> you can talk to him. Nah, I need the EXP, brah. Okay. <laughs> <Seeing> colonialism.
1: <laughs> Let's run him over with our ice dozer. <laughs> I mean, like not for nothing, but that ice dozer was fucking badass.
2: Oh, it really it was, was, really was. Yeah, I would say honestly, I would say all the vehicles in this game are pretty cool. From the from the, I mean, obviously the ice digger is the coolest one of all. But like even even just using the spaceships and going from planet to planet, yeah. where they have that little cutscene. You know, even that's really cool. Not to mention like the hovercraft. While the sound effects in this game, not so great for the most part, the hovercraft sound effect is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, no, it was I I had a lot of fun with with the uh, the different vehicles that were that were available. I guess the one technically uh, the the first one what was it like the all terrain vehicle or whatever. Yeah, I think that first one is like, I think that's the one that's like technically not necessary. There's one of them that you don't actually really have to buy. I think it's the hovercraft. Was it the hovercraft? I don't know. It was one of them. No, the hovercraft.
2: I think the hovercraft you need in order to get certain items. But uh, yeah, you 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 can over like the lava and shit. But yeah, the Land Rover, I think eventually you can ditch. Uh, That might be it. Might be the Land Rover one. Yeah. One you
0: definitely don't even need.
1: Okay, there is one last thing that I want to talk about. That I refuse to end this episode without getting getting off my chest because how this, awesome meow is. Well, I mean, yes. And <laughs> if you want to know more about the cult of meow, then you know, please feel free to get in touch with us. We have pamphlets. Yes. Uh, but no, I because this this is listen. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with this game. I cannot state that enough. But this one thing irked the shit out of me, and I just needed to be like out there in the world. Again, sort of a, a product of its time, I will give it that. But there is legit a somewhat very easy way to get just completely stuck and dead-ended towards the end of this game. And I did it. <laughs> Accidentally.
0: <laughs> With all the advancements and and all the recommendations, you found a way.
1: I did. I You know, much like a certain On cats, chaos theorist once said, life uh, finds a way. And I did, and yeah. So okay. So here's the, here's the deal, right? You get towards the end of the game, and you use your cool little crystal thing to, and again, spoilers, to reveal the the hidden flying fortress of Lassic, and you go up to this this flying island in the sky. You fight Lassic, and what you don't necessarily know is this: if and the all of these things have to occur for this to happen, which I must reiterate. I did meow gets KO'd during the fight with Lassik, which he did. Alice ends the fight with not enough MP to cast fly anymore, which will take you back to the last church that you visited sort of like waypoints. Uh, and you do not have a transfer item in your inventory, which does the same thing as fly, but basically for free. Cause it's an item. Um, if you have all of those things occur, you get stuck on that floating island and you cannot complete the game in any way. That's your fault. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I'm not <laughs> saying it's my fault, but I'm saying that that is a fucking possibility in this game that you can like soft lock yourself out of finishing it by, by having these things occur. Now, fortunately, I, I was I, I was playing this on, again, the Sega Ages version on Switch. So I had a save state. That I was able to go back to, but for a second, I thought that that was borked also because of the way that the Sega Ages version handles those. Sometimes it likes to autosave at certain points, and I thought I had autosaved over my previous one, but luckily that was not the case, and I was able to do the fight over again. But if you were playing this, you know, on the original hardware or, like, one of the other ports of this that got created, like PlayStation version, for example... um, this could legitimately happen to you and then you just couldn't finish the game. You're just stuck on Lasik's floating island until you starve. Okay,
2: okay, I got it. I'm kind
1: of amazed that
2: you were able to accomplish that. (laughs) I had never heard of it. I mean, it makes perfect sense when you state it, right? Yeah, you do have to have all these semi-unlikely things occur in order for it to happen, but that, I mean, it's an impressive accomplishment in and of itself. Yes, thank you. I I appreciate that.
1: (laughs) two things you have have no idea what happened like i was sitting on the couch doing this and and my fiance was sitting there with me and i was just like are you are are you shitting me she's like what i'm like you've got to be kidding me she's like what i'm like i i can't finish this fucking game and like Oh, my God. I I had a moment. It was, but luckily, like I said, the save state to the rescue.
0: So, so three things, I was going to say two things, but three things I've learned from your conversation. So before I get started on this, Paul, have you played Lunar, Silver Star?
2: Uh, no, not in any meaningful way.
0: Damn it. Okay. Well, first of all, first thing I've learned is Shane sucks at managing resources. Yes. Because the reason I say that is, second of all, you can save this game at any point. So if you save the game with Meow with zero HP before you went to go fight a boss in an area where you can go back and replenish your APH, uh your entire party with all its stats going through the dungeon on an area where you can find a map, like, I don't know. Um, no, no.
1: Okay, no. Hold on, hold on a second. No, no. We need to clarify that. So yes, okay. you can save at any point. Uh-huh. And I had, he did not have zero HP. MP. Or uh, well, well, no, meow was dead. That's meow was point. dead. Yes, that's what I said. For this to occur, because before, before the battle, meow was dead before the battle. Is you back, right? So, yes, like, he, he died if before meow the battle. K.O. during the fight with lasic and then yeah. Alice doesn't have enough MP to actually cast Fly to get you out of there, and uh-huh. you don't have that transfer item. You are stuck. That's my point.
2: And it's still impressive that yes. you were able to accomplish this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, but what was your third point, Chris? Because apparently you had something else.
0: Okay, so like, no, because like, yes, if you save before you get to the boss and you save when Meow is dead, that's your fault. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's your fucking fault. If you save when Meow is dead, that's your fucking fault.
1: Okay, again, as I said, (laughs) Meow, I did not go into the battle with Meow dead. He fucking died during the battle.
0: Did you save before the battle? Yes. So then you could have warped out of the dungeon and went back into it or you could right. have refought the battle.
1: Right. And so here's here's where You can the, save anywhere. Right. And here's where I almost screwed myself on this was You saved because, when with meow dead. Cuz I saved after the fight because I was like, all right, well, <laughs> we can just go back because like, you know, I'm done now, right? And I totally forgot that meow was my fucking ride back. <laughs> So I, like I said, I take ownership of this. My point is, is that this is even possible. It's a thing that can happen.
0: No, uh, yes, you're right. It can happen, especially if you're terrible at, at management skills. Uh, yeah. My third point, my third point, um, and this is why I asked about Lunar, sure. is why wow, are there parallels to Lunar in this game for anyone who's played Lunar? Uh, yeah, so you the brought ma-
1: that up when we were talking about it. Yeah. So
0: in Lunar, you are a boy named Alex. Who needs to go become a dragon master. And he has a flying cat pet named Null, which isn't like meow. But eventually, towards the end of the game. Spoilers for Lunar, by the way. Oh, my God. Um, Probably some of you are going to be upset. But Null, you find out, is a dragon. And you can use Null to fly on to get to places. And he becomes a giant dragon. So it's like, Wow. Main character in Lunar's name is Alex. Your flying pet cat becomes a flying dragon and you have a party with all this diverse area and it's and there's multiple planets and like, wow, they got a lot of shit from Fantasy Star. If you really sit back and think about Lunar.
2: Yeah, and no kidding. Not something how, I had not something I had realized for
0: sure.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, what was the what was like the time frame of this? Like, when did Lunar come out? Ninety three, ninety four. Oh, shit. All right. So, I mean, that, I guess that was enough <laughs> time for nobody to notice.
0: Yeah, and it came out for the Sega CD. So it even came out on the same um, line of consoles. It was a Sega CD exclusive, and it came out on the PlayStation.
2: Man, I wonder if there's any overlap between developers. I don't think there is. I think I would have no. noticed that. But uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, It was Game Arts that uh, developed developed Lunar. Of course, Working Designs uh, produ- uh, published it in the United States.
2: Yeah, and I mean the playstation and hayashida he did eventually um kotaro hayashida he did actually eventually go to game arts um but that was well after lunar this was when grandio was developed yeah
0: maybe i mean who knows how i mean game arts and sega were pretty close though yeah game arts did a lot of their work with sega so if that was game arts first rpg and i'm not sure i'm not doing a revision review of game arts right here but if that was Game Wars first RPG and they used Fantasy Star as their template, I could completely understand what they were doing. Yeah, you could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse. Like, you could do, I don't know,
1: Dragon Quest.
0: Ha ha!
1: <laughs> Man, it's a sick, timely Dragon Quest burn.
0: <laughs> I know. A lot of people are going to be like, ha ha, Dragon Quest, we got you. And your massive success is
1: terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, um, I don't know how how are we feeling, gentlemen. i think we're getting close to the end of our of our discussion here?
0: I, I we think. should ask uh, Paul. Paul. Well, he did ask Paul. He was about to respond, and I cut him off. Haha. Um, great. So, Paul, do you have anything <laughs> that you want to contribute?
2: No, I think uh, I think your guys. I think the research was uh, was super thorough. I was really impressed with it. Um. The only question I have for you guys, so towards the end of the game, you visit, I think it's a jail, and uh, there's somebody there named Miki, and she asks if you like Sega games. Did, you guys... <laughs>
0: <But that laughs> Did was a, you guys? That wasn't in a jail.
2: Oh, it was in that smelly town, I think. I don't, yeah, I don't remember, in... yeah. Yeah,
0: it was in a town. It wasn't yeah, in with a jail.
2: A, with a, a town with a lot of gas, which I chuckled at a little bit. Did you guys do both replies, yes and no?
1: Oh hell yeah! No, I saved <laughs> right before that so that I could see both.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's uh it's a it's a fun little part of the game. That uh, that character, if you want to call her a character, is actually one of the developers, uh, Miki Morimoto, and uh, she put herself in the game to talk about Sega games. That was something I noticed you guys didn't put in there, which I thought was an amusing little little factoid to throw in here.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think what was the answer if you say like no? Isn't something to the effect of like why are you playing this game then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That's, that is one thing I love about Sega games in general is they're very self-referential and they don't, they don't give a shit.
1: Yeah. They, they certainly don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not the same way you meant it, Shane. <laughs>
1: Well, anyway, on that note, um, so all right, as we are wont to do, I gotta bring that one back because I haven't been using it lately. Chris has been stealing it from me. Um, I've
0: inherited it.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, that would you, imply that you,
0: I gave it to you. You, you have, you, you have, like, accepted the want. I was born into it, <laughs> molded by it,
1: perhaps <laughs> molded by it. <laughs> Uh, we we like to talk about whether the game uh, holds up today. And no one why, cared until I is. wear the mask, Shane. That's true. I mean, I I certainly care that you wear a mask right now. That's for sure. So I don't know what what are our thoughts. I, I I suppose maybe I'll I'll go ahead and get mine out of the way first. Um, and I I would say yes with some strong caveats that like if you're gonna go and play this one today, unless you are the kind of person that is super into you know slightly dated mechanics and some perhaps unnecessarily difficult like old school rpg kind of kind of experiences i think going with the sega ages version is going to be your best bet those quality of life improvements are called that for a reason uh and it does make the experience far more palatable in this day and age and as i said earlier in the episode it's probably the only reason that i actually finished this game and thoroughly enjoyed it as much as i did so that would be my recommendation i know that there are some other ports of the game that you could try that have some bits and pieces of those improvements but not all of it together in one package i will say the one thing that was i suppose missing maybe if you want to call it that from this one um was the graphical overhaul that i believe the playstation version got but frankly i'm glad PS2. they didn't PS2. Oh, PS2. But frankly, I'm glad that they didn't do that. I, I actually preferred having the original pixel art in there myself, but that's my take on it. What about you guys?
0: I'll go first because I'll let Paul have the last word on it. So I would say my, my disclaimer is I have this game on original hardware. And one of the biggest reasons I haven't played it is because the battery is dead. And my sad, I mean, my soldering skills aren't good enough to where I don't want to damage a game that now, if you look at retail value is over a hundred dollars. So i I'd, yeah, don't want to touch it. But all things considered, you can get through this game fairly well for, I would say, the first couple hours until you get to the later areas when the dungeons become more complex. And in that arena, it holds up magnificently. Even the 3D dungeons, it's not too complicated to understand. And even if you want to break out that graph paper, if that's something you want to get into, you could go back, play this game on original hardware, or at least play the emulated version as it originally stands and still get tremendous value out of it it is it holds up way better than any 8-bit rpg uh and I'll, I'll i'll say that for whatever it's worth like put it up against any other 8-bit rpg it holds up better than almost any of them and again as i said in the beginning the episode dragon dragon quest 3 dragon quest 4 of course warrior here in the united states but if you're going to go back and you you want to play it the best way possible to save yourself some time and frustration Even if you want to play it on normal or easy and and the way it is, the Sega Ages version on the Nintendo Switch is the best way to go. Again, you have to have a penchant for playing old school 8-bit RPGs, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. So, yes, if you haven't played this game, do yourself a favor. Sega Ages games are always on sale on the Switch. Pick it up. It won't cost you a lot of money. You don't have to spend 100 plus dollars on a physical cart to put inside your, your master system. Of course, you can emulate this game. So, you know, what the hell do I know? I'm just an idiot who uh, buys physical shit. But um, yes, go play it. If you haven't, give it a shot. See what all the talk was about. And then p- skip right over to Fantasy Star 4 because there were no games between 1 and 4.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Fantasy Star 2 very much. 3 is a bit of an abomination. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I really did enjoy 2. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I think it's really hard to disagree with you guys on this point. I've got the original, I like the original, but the Sega Ages version is definitely the way to go. The bottom line is, every once in a while, one may have an an itch that needs to be scratched. They want to go back and they want to play something that has the bleep bloop sound effects, but they also want to play an RPG. And this really is the best possible game to scratch that itch. It's not too long. The Sega Ages version, I haven't like I haven't tried it with the uh, with the lowered encounter rate and the increased XP. Me playing on the original one, so to speak, without the auto map and stuff like that, I still finished it in under twenty hours. And I would imagine that with all the other quality of life improvements, you could probably do it in well under fifteen. It is a very palatable. Gaming history lesson. If one wants to again scratch that particular itch.
1: All right. Um, so with all that said, then um, before we get into our spiel, I want to, of course, uh, thank Paul for joining us once again. It is always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's always great to have you on, Paul.
1: And uh, and Paul, uh, for for the listeners who may not have caught you the first time around, um, where uh, where can they find you on the internet, and and what do, what
2: do you do out there? I try to avoid the internet as much as possible, but that's when smart. I am there, um, I'm co-hosting the Region Free Gamers podcast uh, with my international gaggle of co-hosts. So you can find us there. We're available wherever the heck you can find podcasts. And if you want to reach out to us personally, uh, we're on Instagram at Region Free Gamers podcast. And if for whatever reason you want to get in touch with me personally, if you really love Fantasy Star and you want to commiserate, I'm I'm totally down for that. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Pauls underscore Game Room. Awesome. And
1: as far as we are concerned, um, if you're listening to the show, then you've found us. So congratulations. Um, but we're we're in a couple other places, too. You can also find us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, pretty much most of the major social media platforms. You can just search for Retro Hangover and we'll be there. Um, Very easy to find. Yes. And we, of course, always have our Patreon running. So if you like what we do and you'd like to support us in that sort of fashion um we would be eternally grateful so you can find that at bit.ly slash rh patron and uh depending on which donation tier you decide to choose you can get some pretty cool benefits you can join us in our discord uh you can get access to our exclusive uh bonus audio content feed where we do our rapid fire reviews and uh bloopers and outtakes from these recording sessions which uh invariably include chris's dog more often than not and um (laughs) There's also uh, our merch store, which uh, just got updated in the past couple of weeks with our new Gorp the Eggplant Dragon mascot line, as well as the new show logo. Um, that's oh Edith my god! Dot sorry, Lee.
2: what's up? I have to interrupt. Yeah, no, that go for it. Sweater that your patron—I can't remember his name—that he was wearing. Lyle. That Lyle. Lyle. Oh my god, that thing is fantastic! I gotta say.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, we we uh, we were pretty stoked about the the artist that, uh, that got that done for us is, was, was, was pretty good. Yeah, no. So the, the merch store where you, where you can find that really cool shirt that, uh, Paul is talking about is that bit.ly slash RHP merch. Um, and you can get it on a whole bunch of other crap too. Like, I mean, I don't know, you want like luggage tags. We probably got that. I don't know. It's crazy, but anyway, those you can smell
0: you what find. an eggplant dragon smells like apparently with the eggplant dragon. A car
1: freshener air that's true yeah i suspect (laughs) it might smell just like i don't know (laughs) vanilla but you know you never know whatever you use to wash your balls that's what it smells like there you go hopefully Uh, you do wash your balls this is uh the retro hangover hygiene minute uh so uh chris uh anything else you want to throw in before we uh before we shut this thing down
0: uh, yeah, make sure you check out our Sunday streams on Twitch. That's every Sunday on Twitch, of course, what I just said, at 2100 Eastern Time. Uh, we we try to start at 2100 anyway unless we have technical difficulties and we have shitty internet. So that's always a possibility. So just bear Wee. with us and 2100-ish. We'll go with that. And so we also have the YouTube channel uh, where you can find our videos if you're not able to catch up with, with us there. Also, you can find me on Instagram. A lot of the stuff I post on Instagram ends up on the Retro Hangover Instagram feed. You can find me at at Zodiac, which is uh, X-O-D-Y-A-K. And that's where I am most active. Uh, I love to uh, have the interaction engagement on that platform. So please hit us up. It's always a good time to get engaged with our fans uh, wherever you may engage with us. And I really do appreciate it. And uh, anyone out there listening, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Really love it.
1: Awesome. Uh, Paul, any last parting words? Go play Fantasy Star. Yes. Succinct. I like it. All right. Well, uh, with all of that said, until next time. Play with your Odin-sized joysticks. Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee, and Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part, no added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four-ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in headfirst with full 12-ounce bags. They've even got K-Cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly B-I-T slash rhpbones. That's bit.ly/rp dot l-y r-h-p-b-o-n-e-s.